Hi, I'm Lucas Mack, and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Today, I have on Taylor Conroy. He is a multiple TEDx speaker, an international speaker himself, a keynote speaker, an entrepreneur, someone who is dedicated to making a positive impact in the world. He's an incredible, incredible man, and I am honored to have him on the show today. Taylor, thank you for joining the Golden Rule Revolution. Lucas, I got to be honest, I just drank three cups of coffee. This is going to be a fun podcast. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. I love it. Here we go. So real quick, give us the background. Um, I mean, I just introduced you. You've given multiple TED Talks. You're an international keynote speaker. You're an entrepreneur. You have had very successful uh, successful ventures in business. You've also had um, some catastrophic failures. There you, you go. Catastrophic failures. That's what you're trying to say. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> and through it all, you're smiling. You're inspired, and you're showing people what is possible in this world. And just for full disclosure to everyone listening, I have hired Taylor as my speaking coach and uh, it's been incredible and I'm really, I just love working with you, brother. Yeah. You make it pretty easy. You're you. (laughs) I'm sure you're right. I'm sure your reader, your listeners know who you are and why you'd be amazing to work with. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, so go for it. You said you wanted the background. I mean, I, I, it's funny as you were introduced me, I've never been introduced like that before, like speaker, speaker, speaker. And I want to like give the, the preface that, I think speaking is the most incredible way of sharing a message with the world. It's the most incredible way of, of starting a movement. And I used to be fucking petrified of mm. speaking, like literally terrified, did everything I could to avoid it. The thought of it, speaking in front of five people, my neck would get red, my, my mouth would get dry, my skin would get blotchy. And I remember even wanting to start my first social movement. I went to Uganda back in 2009 and I, I wanted to start this kind of movement around just raising funds to, to build a medical clinic. And I was so scared of public speaking that I had this other guy that was involved in what we were kind of building. And I said, look, you're the front man, okay? I'm going to be in the background. I'm like, start raising money. You have to do all the public speaking. He's like, deal. Then he pumped out two kids, couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> and so I, had, so I was like, had no choice but to be the, guy, the face and, like, and talk mm-hmm. about this stuff. And so that's what forced me into it. And I think whoever's listening right now, has their own reasons for getting into speaking. Chances are it's not because they just love to get in front of a thousand people and talk while mm-hmm. facing those thousands of people. Cause it's, it's absolutely uh, terrifying to do that for most people. Yeah. But I think speaking is incredible. And if you, if you feel called to do it, it's just like the most, and once you start loving it, like I'm doing a gig in um, a couple of weeks from now in Amsterdam in front of 1200 people. And I'm so excited, Lucas. Mm. I'm so stoked. 1200 people that, are going to listen. I know they're going to laugh. I know they're going to cry. I know they're going to go through all the different emotions. And at the end of it, I know they're going to take action that they wouldn't have taken otherwise. And it just would not, wouldn't have happened without, without speaking. Mm. And so I don't know, to give like the super quick backstory on, on how the speaking started was after that trip to Uganda, I came home. I really wanted to fund this medical clinic. I started get, I fell in love with funding schools. Um, I started a, a, a fundraising company called Change Heroes that was all based on micro donations and people giving t- cumulatively as friends to, to build schools. It's kind of like a, like a crowdfunding um, startup on steroids. And we ended, up, we ended up raising enough money to build 500 schools and libraries and water projects and girl scholarships 
all over the world. So if you looked at it, if you think of like the world right now, and like you can stick little, a map of the world and you can stick little pins in it. We tried to do that one time. There just was not enough room in Kenya to put all the pins in for all the projects that got funded. Wow. And if you look at all those pins and we, we, we used to like put a string from Kenya to Vancouver, where the person who raised the money or from uh, Jamaica to Kenya, they raised the money in Jamaica and funded something in Kenya or India or Sierra Leone or Ghana or Ecuador or India or China or Haiti or wherever we were funding these projects. And the map was just like this, like a big spider web of people raising money to do impact work over here and people, someone in Norway doing it, raising money for India and someone in Sweden doing it here and someone in Spain doing it there. It was incredible. Mm. And if you boil all of that down, like most people are like, okay, well, how do you raise, how do you raise money? And I, I've kind of broken it down to like five motivators of giving, like five things that will make anyone give in a, in a way that they're happy to give um, and excited to give. But even further back than that is fucking speaking. Hmm. Even further back from that, the way those people started raising the money in the first place, typically as they watched, most of, most of the time they watched a TEDx talk that I did. Hmm. You know, they watched, uh, one, one I did was called How to Build a School in Three Hours. And they would watch that and be like, I can do that. Because they, they sat there and listened for 18 minutes to this guy. Like, and I, during that talk, I, again, I was blotchy and sweaty pits and super nervous and dry mouth and stuff like that. But the message still got through and, and they took action. You know, and that's that, and I that's my mission now is to inspire people, and I get to do that through other people like yourself. Mm. You know, like you're not that you're a puppet for me. You're not a puppet for me, Lucas. You're my <laughs> puppet. But, you know what I mean? It's like it's, my hand is not up your butt. Um, yeah. Well, you, no, that's. <laughs> I don't know. Where, okay, but you're, but you are. You're influencing. You, you certainly are, and I'm, and I love that you, you're helping and you're molding me into a better speaker. Thank you, man. And it's a pleasure to do it. And I think that, you know, if your listeners, chances are, if they've listened this far, um, to these fast three, co- three cups of coffee ramble, if they've listened this far, chances are, you know what, they're a messenger. Hmm. You know what I mean? They have something in them. Like a messenger knows they're a messenger and it's the thing that they actually want to run away from the fastest because it can be really daunting. It can be really scary. It can be like the epitome of that Marianne Williamson quote, like, who are you to not shine, to not share your brightness or whatever you know the thing thing from a course of miracles hmm. you know i'm going to pull that up actually i'm going to quote it at the end of this podcast be a cool way to close but um if, if you're a messenger you know that you have to share like when you and i talked in the first place lucas like you were in tears i was in tears i was like yeah. what this kid this guy is freaking meant to share this message hmm. and i think maybe it'd be valuable for you to because all the, the people that are listening right now if they're interested this far they're a messenger They've got something inside them that they want to share with the world. That's What's right. it like for you? Like, I look at you, a lot of people look at you and they're like, wow, this guy's just killing it. He's super confident. He's got this podcast. You're doing this epic speaking gig, the MC gig that you're doing on the boat. That's probably confidential, so I'm not allowed to mention it yet. <laughs> but I didn't say much. Didn't say yeah, much. that's okay. That's and, okay. And you're doing all this. Like, what did you go through when you knew you were a messenger, but you, you know, you're probably scared, I'm guessing. Well, so my my journey of being in front of people started with music. So I've been writing music since I was seven years old and I started performing, you know, like early on you do recitals and you practice this song. But in high school, I started uh, playing the music that I actually was writing um, at talent shows and then had a band and I played um, play at church or mm-hmm. um, eventually in college, we had, I had a band, we played all over Seattle and 
early on when I started playing, I mean, I would have to, this was my nervous issue. I'd have to pee like multiple times before I went on stage. I don't know what my body was just like <laughs> releasing all liquid. Yeah. I'd get so nervous. I'd have to go pee like multiple times. And I remember one time I was about to get on stages in high school and they're, they're like, all right, Lucas, you're up. No one could find me. I could hear them. I was peeing. (laughs) I could hear them because I was in the bathroom. Yeah, it was pregame. I mean, and I just share that is, yeah, there's, there was a lot of nerves. Um, It's uncomfortable. First of all, I think it's just uncomfortable. It's not a net. Well, it is natural. I do actually, I was going to say it's not a natural state of being to share your point of view, although I do think it's natural. It's just become unconditioned in in society to share a point of view, to share your point of view. That's it. Yeah. And to share, you know what it is like, I've I've just been a big theme lately around this imposter syndrome, Mm. right? Like, dude, if I would, I'd love to share this, this last week has been so bananas, you know, like, you know, my, one of my core businesses is I help people get TEDx talks, right? I help position them and, and get them and get them ready for the TEDx stage and get them on the TEDx stage. And in the last week we've landed eight people talks. Mm. eight and so it's like all my dreams are coming true mm. and i'm freaking the fuck out bro <laughs> like like expansion can be just as 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 nauseating and crazy as contraction expansion mm. can be can be just as nerve-wracking nerve-wracking as deterioration like mm. I, I i tell you man i i went through bankruptcy right i had to declare personal bankruptcy after the collapse of a company that i was running and it was obviously humbling to the core mm-hmm. and devastating. It was, it was, it was just so soul crushing is how it felt. And it was a slow road back. And you know what? I, today I felt a lot of the same feelings that I felt back then today. Yet I'm on the flip side of it. Business mm. is going phenomenal. I love my business. I love my life. I love where I live. I love my friends. I love my community. I love everyone in my life. I love you. I love all the people <laughs> listening. And this expansion is happening at such a rapid rate. That it's that that my um what do you call it? solar plexus chakra or whatever you want to call it is is struggling to keep up. It's mm. like oh my god, this is all happening. It's change. Change is is daunting, no matter which way it's going. And so, my kind of therapy to myself today was re- listening to this book called uh, The Big Leap. Uh, and mm. I highly I don't know if we've talked about it, but I highly yeah, recommend we, that you check it out as well. We did, yeah. Yeah, I haven't and, I haven't embarked on it, but it's been a big help for you. It's incredible. It talks about like, it talks about being able to go with the expansion and accept the expansion that one might go through. Because you know, a lot of people might think, well, yeah, when you get really successful, that sounds things get easier. In a way, yeah. In a way, they get more fun. The problems get higher quality, and can still be really nerve wracking. Hmm. You know, and it's a way to like ground into the expansion and the success in a way that allows for more expansion and more success instead of, you know, we all have this thermostat. Right, we all have this thermostat inside us, which which is on the high it, it is the the setting on high before the air conditioning kind of kicks in is somewhere the, the the setting for success is somewhere up there, and once you break that thermostat, just like a like a like a thermostat, like it kicks on the air conditioning to cool it back down, and we have a thermostat setting on the low too, like if we go too low, if our bank account goes too low, our relationship gets too low, or something kicks on the heat and we like bring it back up but all of us have this like psychological thermostat in our brains or in our souls or wherever it sits and it's totally unconscious and when we go too high we we bring ourselves back down when it goes too low we bring we bring ourselves up right and 
And it's when we, when we hit one of those points, that's where a lot of uncomfort happens. That's where a lot of soul searching happens. That's where a lot of work needs to happen. And whether that work is, you know, ayahuasca with a bunch of people in, in Peru or whether that work is therapy or whether that work is going surfing and screaming under the waves like I did this mm. morning, mm. you know, the work has to be done regardless. And, yeah. and I, I think it ties in all the way back to like how you introduced me. Like he's a keynote speaker. He's a da 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 da. And what I'm hearing is this guy's got his shit together. He knows what he's doing. He's successful. He's making good money. And at the same time, as, as you, you know, as well as I do, no matter who it is, no matter how good things look on the outside, that person is going through their stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, like, like they're going through it no matter what I've met the most successful people, some of the most inspiring people on Instagram and, and everywhere that has like hundreds of thousands or millions and millions of followers. And when I meet up with them, I get to learn of like, okay, what are they actually going through? And they're going through all the same stuff as you and me, hmm. you know, and, but maybe just doing it on a different level, like expansion breeds um, discomfort. And that's, which is a beautiful thing. So anyways, I'm not trying to like deter people from being successful and, and expanding, but no, encourage, it's, it's encourage people. At the moment. Well, really it, where my mind went is the challenge or the rub is the tension resides in we get to increase our love to keep up with the change. When we don't increase our love, we will be caught in fear because our circumstance will be bigger than our love capacity. Yeah. And so fear is going to fill the void. It will always fill the void. So and I really do believe I've been going through this whole process and journey and my mind has been traveling so far yeah. on this path of how far or how big, how much, how high and low and wide and through can we increase our love? I mean, yes. when does it stop? Because I think yeah. if we increase our love beyond wow. our circumstance, then it doesn't, there is no big leap. There, what, what leap is there? They're just all s small little steps. It's almost like illuminating it from looking and down upon it and saying, yeah. oh, there's that step. Okay. And, oh, I see another step. That doesn't interest me. I will scoot that. I mean, it is, love is like this. I, I don't even, it's, well, it's way beyond what we can even comprehend, yet we, it flows, it can flow through us. It generates from us. It's. Yeah. We, fear is just going to fill the void where there's a lack of love. Dude, Lucas, first of all, you're the man. You're my therapist right now. <laughs> second of all, second of all, is it possible when you and I met up in Seattle, that was just last week, yeah. it, um, at that wonderful restaurant, what was it called? Juice Box. Love that place. Yeah, it was great. Um, they're not a sponsor. They should be, but they're not. <laughs> um, can you, would you bring up that, you were telling me about how the Greeks over-dissected love. Uh. Can you talk about that a bit more for me and for everyone that's listening yeah so this 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 is a i think a topic that well first of all no i don't believe truly anyone even what i just said like what is love love is a force well beyond us we don't really even understand what love is however the greeks came in and dissected the concept of love and so they came up with these different modalities of love. There's eros, there's agape, uh, phileo, there's all these, there's playful love, there's brotherly love, there's sexual love or sensual love, there's, there's erotic love, there's all these different types of love. And, and I started thinking that, that makes no sense because then we start 
qualifying love is that you've, everyone knows the term unconditional love. Yeah. And, and then we all crave unconditional love. And I was thinking, well, there is no such thing as unconditional love. Love is always unconditional. If it's conditional, it's not love, even though we call it love. Yeah. It's, it's not love. And yeah. so I got this download. Um, so the best way I can say it, I mean, it just like came to me where I just said, there, in the Hebrew Bible, there, I, there's only one word for love. So I was talking to my friends, some Orthodox friends, and we're sitting around and we're talking. I said, look, I just had this thought earlier today. I believe that there's only one word for love and that the Greeks came in and really bastardized our concept of love. And they said, yeah, there's only one word for love in the Hebrew Bible. It's a hava, which means to give. Yeah. Give, give, give. And then you and I were talking about, so this blows my mind. When we love, when we are in love, when we are actually in the process of loving people being in love, but loving people, a chemical gets triggered in our body, in our mind, which is cytosin. And it's the same chemical that gets triggered when we are generous with our dollars or time, or when a woman gives birth to a child. And all four of those are giving. It's, It's it. And here's some life, here's some money. Here's, here's some, some money, money, here's some time, here's gift. Giving, love, it triggers, and cytosin is the only time it's triggered are, you are in those oxytocin? moments. Oxytocin is a combination. Cytosin is the one, it's a chemical within there, oh, within cool. cytosin. And then people search out dopamine to try to get that feeling but it's never going to be the real authentic thing. Therefore, all these conditional loves that we've called love are not love. We really want unconditional love, which is just love. Yeah. You know what, you know that I love that. And that comes back to me for this imposter syndrome that I've been hearing a lot about. And I, and I, I fully had so much of my own experience with it is that, you know, we come back to this like core Thing. The last podcast you and I recorded, the first one we did, Lucas, we're talking about fear, right? We're talking about like yep. the things yep. that come up for people. And it's like, where do these core fears come from? And I had this, this moment this morning where I went over to this place where I surf, surf at every day and I store my board at my buddy's place and I walked in there and, and I go there every day and I've been thinking, oh man, if I, am I taking up too much space in this place? Am I here too much? Like I'm here every day picking up my board. Are they okay that I'm in their house all the time, hanging out every night and all that stuff? I was having these moments which come from me, come from being excluded as a child, right? Mm. Being excluded uh, in my friend group. Like I really never felt like I belonged Mm. growing up. I felt like I always had to change who I was to fit in with the people that were around. Mm. And I I, I always thought high school was such a weird thing. Like I felt, felt like, wait, I'm forced to hang out with this limited amount of people for like the majority of my life of my like life at that point of yeah. that age range I'm like why, I, why do I have to hang out with these people there's no one else mm. you know and I was in this like little town in western Canada mm. and and I always remember thinking like as soon as I'm out of here I'm out of here you know I'm, I, I moved out of town like out of home out of house when I was like 17 or 18 and uh anyways and because I felt excluded I didn't feel like I fit in and dude I'm 36 and still that this morning feeling like are they, am I included here? Do they like mm. me? Is it okay that I'm here? And dude, they liked me. I'm really fun. Like if I'm really realistic, <laughs> I'm a pretty fun dude. I'm like a fun guy to surf with. Yeah. And I might take people's waves sometimes or basically as much as possible, which is not nice to do, but what, you get the point. <laughs> yeah. So, but these things can still drive us and these fears can still come up. And I feel it's so 
important and imperative, especially like someone like you. I know I look at you from the outside, Lucas. I know your story. And I still yeah. get thinking like, that Lucas guy sure does have it all together. He's mm. really got it all together. And it's like, wait a second. No, we're all humans. Yes, you can have it together. And we can be going through whatever we're going through at the same time. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Like outward appearances. Well, outward appearances are so deceiving. Although, although they can be, they can be a reflection of a healthy root. You know, a tree bears yeah, fruit, and if the fruit's yeah. good, it's because the root's good. But if that r- fruit is bad, it's because the root's bad. Yeah, yeah. I think you know it's, you're talking it, and I'm just on this journey of. And I even, to even say the words, I can hear other people's voices of like, that's so cheesy. That is so, but love, love. I am on a journey of like truly defining, knowing, learning, expanding, exploring, bathing, all these things in love. What is love? Like why? Because this world does not have a lack of intellect. We don't have a lack of knowledge. We don't have a lack of resources. We don't have a lack of ability or strategic plans or we lack nothing in this world when it comes to what we have access to except one thing, love. We are lacking love. And so when love is present, societies change. The Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, the abolishment of slavery, the women's suffrage movement. I mean, all these amazing things. Nelson Mandela not wiping out every white person in South Africa and like bringing reconciliation when there really wasn't, uh, you know, that human nature would have said, get back at that, get back at him. And he didn't. He loved people. It's incredible. Like what happens when there's love, it changes society. And we write about these people in their history books, yet we're unwilling to apply it. I, I find in our own lives because it seems we abdicate responsibility and we'll say, Oh, that's for them. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's we're in charge. We're so in charge. We're in charge of our thoughts. We're in charge of how we feel. We're in charge of every single thought that goes through our head, which is absolutely mind blowing and absolutely beautiful at the same time. Mm. You know, I've, I'm doing this experiment right now. I uh, recently heard that that we receive roughly 30,000 messages a day that allude to us not being enough. 30,000 a day. Wow. This is this could be advertisement, the news, the TV, the media, whatever it is, because obviously the, the marketing industry has a vested interest in us not feeling like we are enough because if we felt like we were enough, we probably wouldn't buy the shirt or the <laughs> shoes right. or the yacht or the whatever it is, right? There would be a hole to fill and therefore buy the products to try to fill the hole that can't be filled. So mm. I'm doing this experiment now of, of can I input 30,000 messages of I am enough, that I am loved, that I am accepted, that I am loved. You know what I mean? Like all of that, can I put in 30,000 messages every single day? Mm. And so I start my day with with this beautiful, amazing um, vision statement that I, that I wrote, that I absolutely love and I love coming back to. I start my day with it. I end my day with it. I come back to it like, I have a beautiful vision board that I look at and come back to that all the time. And one of those things is like, you know, all of our TEDx clients are landing talks with ease. They're getting on stage. They're sharing their message. They're impacting millions and millions of people. They're serving humanity by doing their TEDx talk, you know, and I see it and I see, I see you, I see, and I see all these different people sharing their message on what I look at as being like the most credible stage um, in the world. 
mm. via video that that someone can be on and i see them just impacting people over and over and over again i set the tone so clearly for the day that way and i find that when i'm off you know if i go down some weird rabbit hole like i did today like today was like <laughs> i was just like on this weird like oh my god roller coaster spiraling, spiraling down by myself in my head i like looked over at jake um in my business partner i said jake um can i talk to you he's like yeah what's up bro i'm like i'm freaking out here and he could bring me back he's like bro you're mm. upper limiting you know, like all this amazing stuff just happened. So, you know, my subconscious is like, it's almost too good. And so I'm wanting to just, so my mantra today is I expand in abundance, success, and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. I love which that. Is the co- which is the core mantra of, of the big leap, mm. right? Because I'm feeling all of this like, oh my God, because stuff is going so well. Mm. And I want to keep expanding. And yes, have those time, those quiet times where I just am an introvert because I am an introvert. Uh, and and replenish and refuel and everything, but still continuing to expand, which is just so important. And like the, I think the last thing I want to say on that is that I'm reading a book that is definitely not written for men. It's written for women that are in their 20s and 30s, but it's <laughs> written by a, a friend of mine uh, named a new friend of mine named Melissa Ambrosini, and it's called Open Wide. And so you and I have been using the words expand, expansion, expansion, mm. expansion, and and what she uses is the term open wide. And so when life gets, even when it gets hard, open wide, when it gets mm. amazing, open wide, when it, when it, whatever is happening, open wide, instead of contracting, beautiful surrender, open, yeah, that's surrender, beautiful. go with it, open to it, say yes to it. And it's like what you're, I think this is, and it correlates the most to what you're saying about love is that like when something happens, opening wide is loving anyways. It's not yes. and closing down is, yes. is being scared and hurt and, and I don't want to say hateful, but going the opposite direction but open wide in my mind is like the physical action of love and so no matter what happens in our life it's it's up to us to open wide at that time surrender to it feel all the feelings that come up you know and this is like what i said like you know i screamed under the waves today it's because i had so much energy inside me and that energy was amazing energy mm-hmm. right sometimes it's terrible energy when i was going through my hardest times i'd go to the waves and i'd scream under the waves to just get that energy out of my body mm-hmm. um when I, things are going amazing, I go to the waves and scream under the waves to get that energy out of my body so I can get grounded and be here, be here now and be like, okay, what's next? That what is, do I love? What am I grateful for? You know, That is so powerful. The, the body work, I don't know, um, you know, there's therapists that actually just specialize in body work to, to stand in for someone and get, uh, you know, they'll push on someone and allow um, them to push back, you know, victims push yeah. back and to get that trauma out of their body or to get that, that dead weight or that negative energy or that dark energy out of their body, just get it out and you have to release it. You got to get it out. That's powerful to be screaming under the water. And I think just you saying that, I'm like, man, that's, that's intense. Like water, you know, how are you breathing? Yeah. But it's needed. Just get it. I mean, it's that grit too, just to push back in life and say, I'm not a victim anymore. Exactly, dude. Exactly. And you're right. And you don't need to do that against the oppressor. That person actually doesn't even need to be, doesn't need to be present. You can write a letter to someone that you feel yeah. guilt around or, 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 or anger around or whatever it is. And I think that's the core of all of this. And that's what I kind of keep coming back to on this, this podcast. I know we were t- talking about TEDx. We're talking about speaking gigs and all that stuff. And maybe we can totally talk more about that if you want. But I just, <laughs> I just feel so much um, passion for 
permission, so much passion for permission to feel all the feelings. Mm. You know, like so often this is an imposter syndrome and all that stuff. And so often we think that so if we if we've got it all together, then we're not going to have negative feelings, or we're not going to have outbursts or anger or sadness, whatever it is. I I watched um <laughs> I watched that movie Avatar the other day. Oh I yeah, seen it for like ten years or something. And I watched it. I was up in Mount Shasta on like a personal retreat. I like to spend my little solitude every once in a while. And I was watching Avatar. Dude, I cried my freaking eyes out mm. literally five different times. And it was, and it, I wasn't crying about Avatar. I was crying about all this stuff going on. I was crying because I just went through a breakup. Mm. You know, I was crying about um, uh, my relationship with my, my, with my dad. Mm. You know what I mean? I was crying about like other, all the stuff. But that was for me was the gateway. It was the window. It was like the opportunity. It like triggered. It gave me. I felt like I had space in watching that movie because it was going to go on for three hours. It's a long movie. Yeah. That I could do that, and it triggered those emotions in me. I got to feel them fully, and then I could move on, which actually correlates beautifully to speaking, right? Like the the way that we can be the very best speaker and order and messenger is when we have felt all the feelings so deeply so completely that we can get on stage and 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 communicate them in such a beautiful visual visceral way and we can bring someone through that emotional journey because we can't bring someone through an emotional journey unless we've gone through it ourselves that's right right like I the heard, highs I heard, and lows like i heard a saying i'm oh, sorry to interrupt but i heard a saying that it for me it was dead on and it is the only way out is through you want to, you want to get out of that feeling. You want that feeling to get out of you. You have to go back through it. You have to go through it. You want to get, um, you want to eliminate your fear of speaking. You go speak. You want to, I mean, yeah. the only way out is through and to show people that. And I think that's, what's so powerful about getting on stage and speaking is you, this, as the speaker are showing I've gone through and now I'm out and you can do the same. Exactly. It's got, it's, it's, it's through. I would, uh, I drew this, um, I'm going to omit who I drew it for, for confidentiality reasons, but I drew this picture for someone who's really close to me. And I said, look, person, um, this is what you're doing. I said, you, you keep bouncing against this fear and you bounce, you hit the fear and you bounce back up, you know, you pull yourself back out of it and then you hit the fear and you bounce back up and go back out of it. You hit the fear and bounce back up like a bouncy ball kind of drawing. And I said, you know, because you think that you, the bouncy ball is going down, it hits this fear and bounces it back up. And I said, you know, turn, you actually, what you have to do is you have to turn that paper sideways, you know, counterclockwise, because what you're doing is that fear is blocking you from this whole other side. That fear is not down, it's sideways. It's, it's, it's mm. in the way of progression. You actually have to go mm. through that darkness to get to the other side. Otherwise, you'll keep bouncing back into your comfort zone. You'll keep bouncing back into this place of, of what is normal to you and there's no growth there. Mm. There's growth in through, you know, no matter, no matter That's what. And, yeah. And in that fear to, to bring it all together and that fear is, or whatever that feeling is, it's like, that's where we need to open wide. You know what I mean? If we open wide, it opens up. If we surrender, it surrenders. If we look it in the eye, it deteriorates. Fear mm. only has power over us when we are scared of it. That's right. right? And that's right. But like when we look at that thing, you know, what are you? Where do you come from? Whether that be looking at it like I'm scared of it being excluded. Where does that come from? Well, that it comes from my friends when I was in childhood. Actually, it probably comes from my sister who is older than me and excluded me from playing with her and her friends. And mm. it might even come from, um, you know, issues in my parents' relationship that they had when I was two and three years old. And they were excluding each other. And they were 
their mind on their own lives so much that they didn't necessarily have their mind on me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like this stuff yeah. can come from so far back that we've in our conscious mind forgotten and it can be kind of playing with us to, still to this day. And yet we have an opportunity every time one of those fears comes up to open wide, to surrender, to love, to whatever it is, to actually go through it get to the other side and it doesn't mean that we're never going to have another fear again it actually means that we're going to have another fear but it's going to be different it's yeah. a higher value and it's going to be even more evolutionary it's going to be more uh, it's going to help us expand more and more and more and that's what every fear in my mind does it's a, it's an indication that we've grown and that we have a whole nother level to reach it's powerful there <laughs> oh man there's so much it, thank you first of all for being on and thank you for being a brother and, and standing side by side in this world with me to bring more love to this world. This is a, this is an important message. And, um, you know, while, while you were talking, it reminded me of, um, a saying that I used to give to clients. We'd design a poster on a marketing company and, and we would design a poster for internal communications for companies and it was for employees in their break rooms and it said have to or get to hashtag perspective and i was the king of have tos like i i have to go to work i have to i would just say it, it was yeah. just default like i have to 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 go to work i have to grind i have to hustle i have to blah, blah, blah. i mean it was always i have to do everything and i went through this training uh, emotional intelligence training leadership development it was so powerful and they took me through this process where I said, they said, you know, say on Monday morning, I want you to be as specific as possible. Say everything you have to do when you wake up until you end your day and say it. So it's like, I have to get up, I have to brush my teeth, I have to shower. Blah, blah. And then they said, replace the word have to with choose to. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, interesting. I choose to. Yeah. And they said, get to, you know, I get to. And then they said, say blessed to. I'm blessed to get, I'm blessed to brush my teeth. I'm blessed, you know, all the, and while I was saying it, when I changed the word, it elevated, I felt bigger than the circumstance. Like when, by the time I'm saying I'm blessed to, like I'm blessed to, I'm like my wife's car broke down with all three kids in the car today. And I was like, awesome. It's all going to work. Like it's happening for us. I go, I call triple A, triple A comes. I, they take my car, my car happened to have three car seats, which it rarely it really never does because kids don't, it's a smaller car. It had them all three. They were in the car. It was fine. Yeah. I mean, everything worked out and it was because I was blessed to have that. I mean, my perspective, it never stressed me out one time. And it's not that I'm on this higher plane. It's just yeah. once you kill the have to and everything is a get to or a blessed to, it's like, man, that is a, that I just, from personal experience is a place that I want everyone in this world to get to because that's powerful that. it's so powerful man it's absolutely so powerful and it's so funny like why don't we start you know what would be really interesting i think is why don't we like brainstorm riff on all the different amazing types of like therapies there are out there to go through these years to get because getting to that place that you're talking about is beautiful and there's so many different ways of doing it like yeah I, if i was to name a few that have been so profound and pivotal and and some other P word impressive or whatever it is um, to, to help me. It's been so multifaceted. It's been cognitive therapy. I've done tons of energy work and Reiki. I've mm. tried every different plant medicine that you could mm. possibly try mm -hmm. multiple, multiple, multiple times in different scenarios and countries and settings and all that jazz. And, and, and 
in groups in community, sharing in men's groups, sharing yeah. in group co-ed groups, all of these different things. It's like, I think it's an everyday thing. I think that for you to get there, it's like this, it's just an indication of the path that you're on. Of mm. course, of course, Lucas is, is shifting have tos to, to get tos and blessed tos. Of course he is, because that's the path that you're on every single day. It's a commitment yeah. to that. I was chatting with a client of ours the other day, and she's an amazing um, professor, and she, she teaches a course on how self-awareness is the cornerstone of thriving romantic relationships. That is self-awareness is the cornerstone of thriving romantic relationships. Because if each partner actually blames each other, that's poison. Blame, resentment, guilt, that's just poison in a relationship. And that can only happen if we're not self-aware. Like if we're blaming something, we're playing the victim. Yep. And we're not we're owning our part in it. And no matter what you think happened in your life, you did have an extremely huge part in that thing happening, no matter what it was. That's right. That's right. Right. No matter what it was. And yes, I am excluding a child being, you know, some yeah. horrific yes. excluded. No, I'm talking yeah. to adults here. So in your adult life, um, full, full ownership needs to be taken of that situation, whether it is you put yourself in it because you didn't love yourself enough. So therefore you um, allowed someone to, you know, hurt you. Um, whatever it is, we need to take full ownership. And if we don't take full ownership, there's no healing. There's, we can't, we can't move on. That's right. You know? And anyways, so all these different healing mechanisms that are available is because you're on that path. And, and I think affirmations are amazing. Setting the intention for your day is amazing. Like what you're talking about, the get to's and blessed to's. And I think all of those things correlate to an exponentially happier life. And so for me, those are the ones that stand out like plant medicine, incredible mm. future mm. Yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, intentional days. Like when I'm surfing, I'll sit up there and go, okay, what's my intention for the day? Mm. Well, I want to be spacious. I want to be fun. I want to be profitable. I want to connect with every single person that I talk to. I want to be present. I want to dive deep. I want to have really deep conversations. I want to be authentic in each moment. You know, setting that out is really powerful for me. That's powerful. That's powerful even to hear it. I'm like, yes, yes. And I'm actually, I'm thinking while, while you're just talking, you know, there's, I've been, I grew up in a, a world where, it was so fear-based. I mean, it was literally from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, it is hedging your bets. It's, it's, um, it's just fear-based. And I remember being told, you know, this, the positive thinking world, it's so dangerous and blah, blah, blah. And it's interesting that there truly, you don't go, you, we don't set out like, I'm going to change my thoughts today. No, what we do is we go experience and learn and grow and our thoughts naturally will become more positive. (laughs) It's like, I don't change my thoughts. I go out and I deal with my feelings and I then am able to articulate clear thoughts in my, like your intention, but you've gone through the work. That's just a byproduct of you going through the work and, and growing yourself. Yeah, exactly. What's, what would you say is, like if someone was listening to this right now, Lucas, and said, like, if there's one thing that you could do today, or let's say tomorrow morning, whenever it might be, to improve the quality of their day, to just make their day just a little bit better. I mm. think to be like Mr. Positive or Mrs. Positive for the rest of their life, but just improve their day to make them more beautiful, gracious, spacious, whatever it is kind of day that they want. What's a morning ritual or some, some sort of a practice that someone could implement to make that happen? 
done there. And I love this and I do not get out of my bed. I do not, I, I will not move now. I've, I've, I've conditioned myself to this point um, and it's taken some time, but put on a piece of paper in bold type 48 font, whatever it is, like get it big. And I, for me, this is what I start my day with. I thank God. I thank you, God, for returning my soul within me with compassion and loving kindness. I thank you for my wife and I thank you for my children. That's how I start my day. Every it's, I, I don't even take my soul. I don't even take my consciousness for granted. And if we all started our day as our, our, when the moment our eyes are open or our brain engages saying, thank you. Thank you again. Thank you again. And you, we live and start from that place of gratitude who then can go throughout the day and indict another to, to hurt another, to do harm or speak or judge another when we come and start and end in that place of gratitude. Mm, there you go. That's yeah. what I would recommend. Put it on a piece of paper, put it by your bed and start your day with gratitude every day. Beautiful. Beautiful. I think once you're done that, once you're done that list, mine would be writing the words, the four words, what would I love? You know, mm. what would I love? Not what do I want? What do I desire? For me, it's the words are very, very important. What would I love? Mm. And what I'd love to have happen today. You know what I freaking love? I'd love to have amazing sex with my wife. Or I'd love to have <laughs> amazing yeah, sex yeah. with my husband or whatever it was. And yeah. I'd love to get a foot rub. And I'd love to you know, eat healthy food. And I'd love to do all this. Not like I'm committed to doing this. This will happen, whatever. Yeah. I would love these things to happen. That gentleness, that like, I don't That's know. Beautiful. That, That's beautiful. And it's also go, getting back to the book you're reading. It's opening wide. It's starting the day opening wide. Yeah. Wide open. It's, yeah, I would love uh, just that wide open, beautiful yeah, yeah. peace and expectation of what is and what is possible and, and what can be. And just because what was happening yeah. means nothing for, from this point forth, you know, it's, it's beautiful. Exactly. And you know, I, for some reason I love to keep looping back to things that we talked about earlier in the conversation, but Lucas, you know, I've, I've, a, let's people um, reach out to me from all different walks of life. Okay. So these are people that are billionaires and they're, killing it in whatever they're doing and they want to make more impact right mm. or they want to be a speaker or whatever they want to do they want to get a million views to their tedx talk and i've talked to people that are just pulling out of bankruptcy and they're like i don't know what to do i want to share my message and i da 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 and i talked to this bread this massive array of humans mm. and i want to address like no matter where where they're at on that spectrum like like i said they're, they're going through stuff so if you're not if someone's listening to this and you're not a lucas snack where you're like waking up and just being straight grateful and if you're in a place where you where you're hurting or whatever it is, there's also steps that you can do to get to that place. Like mm -hmm. if you're thinking, well, I'm I don't wake up happy or whatever, dude. I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning, really stressed out. Mm. Okay, I woke up really stressed, and I know that 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 is a normal emotion. I'm aware enough to know that oh, this is a morning where I'm stressed. So what am I going to do because of it? Mm. I'm stressed because I'm probably stressed because it's Thursday. I've been working really hard all week. It's been an amazing week, so I've had a lot of a lot of amazing energy. And I decided I was like, where do I feel that stress in my body? Oh, it's right here in my heart. Mm. Okay, where is that? And I traced it back to like, well, it's actually probably from like my dad for this 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 reason or that reason. This is where mm. how he would have felt. 
and I actually like get at 4.15, I think it was this morning, I was punching my pillow. Okay, like I'm in bed, <laughs> boom, boom, I'm straight up Mike Tysoning my pillow. And, and, and I was like, oh man, I'm gonna wake up the neighbor, but I'm like, whatever, I've gotta get this thing out. Boom, like physical action to like get it out of my body so I can Love actually it. sit with it and go, okay, where's that from? Hmm. And I can actually address it and then bring it up. Cause you're not gonna go from like super stressed to like Mr. Grateful. You know what I mean? You gotta like take, make movement at the, at the, and the overall vision here or the overall permission here is that we're going to feel all the feelings no matter how mm. good we're doing in life or how bad we're doing in life we're going to feel all the feelings so when they're mm. there let's not run away from them let's run into them you know mm. let's run to them let's like look at them let's open the closet and be like what's in there you know that's right so we're, we're, wherever you're at if you're listening to this and you, you want to set your tone for the day tomorrow or for to, or right now for the rest of the day find know where you're at decide where am i at right now how do i feel am i nervous am i anxious am i stressed Am I happy? Am I blissful? Am I tranquil? Am I still? Am I peaceful? Am I restful? Am I relaxed? Where are you on that? Notice that. Be aware. Like write that down. I'm really relaxed right now. I'm really energetic. Or I'm really stressed. Or I'm really anxious. Whatever it is, mm. and then you can go. Okay, well, what's what's one step above that? Well, that would be being peaceful, or that would be being satisfied, or that would be being you know at least accepting where I am right now, right. and then and then gently moving from one phase to the next. And there's so many ways we can do that. We can listen to inspiring stuff. You can listen to a Lucas Mack podcast. You can go on and listen to like Abraham Hicks on, on, on YouTube, mm-hmm. like their audio from their seminars. You can go on and listen to Tony Robbins if that's your, your shtick. Or you can just type in motivational workout music on YouTube and you'll get some really motivational stuff with like Rocky in the background. You know, whatever it is, no matter where you are, you can bring yourself up that level by deciding where you are right now and taking one simple action you're like everyone is one simple action away from being in a better mood. That's right. That's beautiful. And that's truth. We are all one simple step away from being in a better mood. Oh yeah. That's it. And our better mood impacts every person we come in contact with, which will impact every person that they come in contact with. And it goes on and on and on. It's like a cycle of goodness, bro. It's like well, the waves that you surf. It's like the yeah. waves that you surf. There's always more. Yeah. Oh, Thank you. Thank you, brother, for being on the podcast today. It's been awesome. And um, I will put the information for Taylor when uh, we're done. We'll put it in the show notes so that you can get a hold of him, watch his talks. I'll put his TED Talks in there and uh, just just follow him because he is a uh, he's a bright light in this world and it's only going to get brighter. Thanks, brother. Yeah, and if I can serve anyone who's listening to this in any way, whether it's speaking at your event, it happens to be my favorite thing to do on earth now, the thing I was the most terrified of, or if it's helping you get a TEDx talk or be an amazing speaker or whatever it is, let me know. And I love I love messengers. And by far, if you're listening to this long in the podcast, which is like 45 minutes or something like that, then chances are you are one. And Lucas and I are here to serve people like you. So let us know how we can help. It has been this conversation with Taylor. These are the conversations I love having. I love having. There's so many beautiful facets of life to experience, to discover. And when we come from the place of love, when we come from the place of gratitude, when we come from the place of power, which is love in action, there's nothing that we can't experience that is good. It is 
awesome. I, I want to use the word awesome. It's awesome having you listen. I love that you are on this journey with me and know that I can't do it alone. It takes a tribe. It takes a community. It takes a group of people dedicated to standing for love and increasing that love so that fear goes away and that people can be liberated. So join me, download, share, like, subscribe, wherever, however you are engaging with this content. I ask you to be a follower and help spread the word of the Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. My name is Lucas Mack. I'm your host, and it is a true honor to have you join me on this journey. And I'll talk to you on the next episode.